All right, welcome inside Flames Post Game Live, brought to you by your Alberta Ram dealers. Is uh, it is a victory for the Edmonton Oilers here tonight, and a series evened up at a win apiece, thanks to a couple of goals in the third period. Brendan Parker, alongside Tim Hunter, who has uh, taken in the game tonight and uh, watched both games. Um, kind of uh, similarities to in both games, but yet um, obviously less goals scored here tonight. But uh, what did you see in terms of uh, from one to the next here tonight? Well, much different uh, for me tonight. It was the second period and all the penalties. And, uh, you know, I think two things. Calgary's got to make sure they stay out of the penalty box. Yeah. And if they're pay taking three guys on scrums, they have to make sure they don't let the Oilers play f four on four. Uh, too much room for McDavid. And then yeah. playing McDavid, the same thing. Um, don't be in a hurry to check McDavid. Remember, he has to go through you to get to the net. So if you're not in a hurry, he's got to get through you to get to the net eventually. So keep him on the outside. Don't be in a hurry to finish him. When you do get a chance to finish him after he's passed the puck, that's when you finish him, not when he's got the puck. Yeah, yeah. And, and interesting dynamic that'll kind of progress as this series goes along. But special teams, you, you talked about, I mean, power plays aplenty and, and ends up being fairly even at the end thanks to a couple of late power plays for the Calgary Flames. But how difficult is that? when there's situations four on four and then you're going back to the penalty kill, but just to find your game when there's that many power play opportunities one way or another. Well, you have that group of players that don't kill penalties or on the power play that don't get to play very much. Yeah. And the guys that don't kill penalties, your top players aren't out there enough. And that's what you need. Calgary couldn't get rhythm. They couldn't get momentum five on five, which they're very good at. So, yeah. you know, um, one of those things, it's it's uh, momentum shifts. Um, Calgary learns on to Edmonton. And Edmonton, yeah, they wanted to come down here and win a game. Yep. Okay, we'll go back to Edmonton. Now they're going to have to play in their rink in front of their fans and the pressure that they're going to face um, in Edmonton. Well, let's go through the uh, goals as we take a look at uh, this 5-3 final here tonight. And uh, it actually got off to a really good start for the Calgary Flames. And part of that was even strength time. And they played it five on five to begin this game. And uh, Michael Stone with a couple of windups. And uh, nobody can shoot it harder than number 26 of the Calgary Flames. And he finally found one through the net. Pretty impressive stuff here. Look at uh, the block there first by Pugliarvi and then uh, the second shot. But uh, Michael Stone second of this uh, postseason and then they would set up this one here as well and uh, what do you see on the faceoff play here Tim? Well again uh, those goals in front of the net and Calgary wins a faceoff and that's important winning faceoffs in this uh, in this series and uh, somebody doesn't take their guy going to the net Richie gets to the net beats his defense in the front of the net Smith serves up a rebound and boom it's in and and you know, sometimes uh, the simple is the best and not the perfect or pass trying to pass the puck in the net, but just, just getting it to the net is the key. Here's another one of those examples, and uh, this is one of those where McDavid gets the puck behind the net and uh, finds Duncan Keith with some space and it checked, but still gets the shot away. Well, he's a crafty player, McDavid, behind the net. He's holding Erasmus's uh, stick under his, yeah. under his wing, and he's able to get it. But, you know... Uh, you got to have an eye on your defense when he's going down to the net and be aware of that stuff. Yeah, coming downhill. And then uh, this is the backdoor play that ends up being the only power play goal of the Calgary Flames. Knight, and it's a nice little setup there from Elias Lindholm, the quick back pass, and then Tyler Toffoli on the backdoor. Well, I always like a power play's chance when you get 10 or 12 minutes on the power play, which Calgary didn't do, get, but Edmonton yeah. got. Uh, you get 12 minutes, and, and it's a momentum-killing momentum 
uh, situation and you keep the best players on the other team on on the bench and yeah. uh, so they get three or four minutes on the power play is not great. Here's where uh, things start to turn around for the Edmonton Oilers though and it starts in a four on four and this was part of that uh, just plenty of uh, penalties that were uh, onslaught to the box and eventually this is one that pays off but it's all McDavid beautiful finish. Yeah, you talk about uh, McDavid, and I mentioned earlier, you were, we're going at McDavid here a little bit yeah. too aggressive. Remember, he's got to get through you to get to the net, so play between him and the net. He's got great foot speed, and you got a big defenseman that doesn't have the same kind of foot speed, and just be patient, wait him out. Um, but I'm sure these guys will learn from that and be much better uh, in Edmonton for it. And here's what you talked about with uh, the number of chances on the power play. I think it was 0 for 5 at that point, but uh, this was the double minor. And I think just before the first part of that double minor was to, uh, set to expire, Evan Bouchard rips that slap shot. Lots of time and space. And for uh, Bouchard, his third of this postseason, uh, actually second of the postseason, and that was the tying goal. So here we are now in the third and a power play opportunity that just jumps up over the stick and uh, leads to a break the other way. Yeah, one of those things, a tough break, and, uh, but you know, you could look at the Bouchard goal and he's got way too much time walking down Broadway looking at the net and you give a good player a chance to shoot the puck with that much time, he's going to pick his poison and put it in where he wants to and uh, you know, the rest of it's kind of gravy for the Oilers, but uh, yeah. um, the game was gone by then. And another rolling puck that's kind of loose on the wall that uh, leads to that dry subtle uh, break. And, uh, for him, adds to uh, the insurance marker for the Edmonton Oilers in a 5-3 victory. And now you mentioned, I mean, it's 1-1, series shifts back, but kind of what you'd expect, right? It's a, a battle of Alberta. It was never going to be four or five straight. It's uh, it's going to be a battle, as it, as it is uh, so aptly stated. So, you know, what has to be kind of the, the mindset from a Flames group here now moving forward? Well, you get to go to Edmonton, and you're the underdog going to Edmonton. They're supposed to win there. It's their building. You go in there, you, you check harder. You play smarter, you stay out of the box. Mm -hmm. You don't give him McDavid uh, time alone in front of the net. You play off him a little bit. You force him to go through you to get to the net. And you go up there and you win two and come back here and finish the series. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you kind of take some of that road idea too, right? I mean, this has been a really good road team all season long. And part of that is because of maybe the simplicity they play in their game and that, you know, tight checking. And it, I know it's difficult, but it, this series hasn't had uh, you know, a number of those uh, low scoring games, we'll call that yet, but but that road mentality has served them all this season. It could probably benefit here too, going into game three. Yeah, they've gone on the road all year and been relaxed and went in, just went about their business and played uh, the right way in the way that Daryl wants them to play. And yeah. guarantee you that's going to happen uh, on Sunday in Edmonton. They're going to be relaxed. They're going to play their game. They're going to force Edmonton into mistakes and they're going to jam it down them. Uh, how do you, when you talk about uh, you know, these high scoring games here so far in this series. Uh, there's been some physicality. We didn't see a lot of it uh, in game one, a little bit more in game two. I mean, where do you see that sort of the stuff after the whistle and how do you kind of, you know, manage the emotions uh, that this series can provide? Well, it always starts to ramp up in the middle of the series, two, three, four, through the, those those games, yeah, are starting to feel their way into it. Now they get a sense of what the referees are calling, sure. what the referees, what the rules are, and where they're balancing their marbles in their pockets here. And uh, um, players, it's human nature. They're going to do what they can get away with, and they realize they're not getting away with their extra stuff, and they're not going to do it. So they'll be more disciplined. There'll be less penalties and less power play time for the Oilers. Yeah, it has to be part of the the discussion right away. I mean, and and you, you mentioned it right off the top, taking 
three guys out of scrums and not two, and that, that changes the conversation drastically. Now it's power plays instead of four on four, right? Yeah, and Makes you know, back in the day, we, we didn't want to let uh, Wayne Gretzky and Glenn Anderson have uh, four on three or four on four. It's too much time, too much space. Yeah, too much, out, yeah too much So we, we want to cut that out, and I'm sure they will. And he's, he's a smart group, <laughs> smart coaching staff. They'll get things figured out, no question. How much does that weigh on uh, on penalty kills too? I mean, you get uh, you talked about some of your top end guys that don't get a chance to come off the off the bench when you're spending so much time shorthanded. But it weighs on on your PK too, and some of those guys that log those Lindholms and Backlands and guys that log heavy penalty killing minutes. Well, it wears them down for five on five, but those guys yeah. relish that stuff. They love to get out there yeah. and make the difference. And okay kill a penalty here you go power play here you go five on five you guys go get the job done we did our job um, but no question it ruins the momentum it ruins the flow of the game mm -hmm. and it doesn't get your best players out there and doesn't get guys rolling over we didn't see Lucic, uh, Lewis, and Richie for right. a number of times because of the power play and penalty killing situations. And those guys create momentum, and they get out there and make things happen and uh, bang bodies. And uh, Oilers don't want to see those guys coming over the bench. Yeah, no kidding. You want to see some of that five-on-five rhythm and uh, being able to work everybody through. This is a four-line team, as Daryl Sutter has talked about uh, numerous times this season, and that's the way they like to play it. Let's hear from uh, the head coach now, though, Daryl Sutter standing by. Let's listen into his thoughts Post game following the 5 3 game two loss. It's an exciting game. We don't want it, I'd be really happy. What was the explanation that the rep gave you to you for the way of Dop goal? Uh, ours? Yeah, it was uh, whistle. Yeah. And I think that was theirs too. Yeah. Whistle. Yeah. And at that point, when you hear that, there's no point in challenging. Because you can't. Yeah. yeah. And I heard on our goal, you, know, you look at it, it's a goal, but I did hear the whistle prior. Can you assess your team's play through two games of the series, too? Uh, I think we missed a lot of opportunities tonight. I think uh, Markstrom was really, really good for us. I think that... Uh, the, their individual skill was stood out tonight in situations that they scored on. So that's you know that's something that that uh, that's hard to handle. But some of that is also uh, not five and five. Right? There was what a four and four goal, uh, five and four goal, five and four goal for us, shorthanded goal for them. So. You know, if you're not playing five and five, that's that's to the, definitely to their team's advantage. Do you still feel like your team was the better team at five and five? Pardon? Do you feel like your team was the better team at five and five when you were in that situation? Tonight? Yeah. I think we had a lot of opportunities. So I'm not sure of that. I mean, you gotta, you gotta, if that's the game we play, and then you gotta outscore them five and five. Did you find that you clamped up defensively after uh, game one? Well, we're only one goal against better. When you look at it, they're a high-scoring team. So I said, the individual skill sets can, for them, can can win the hockey game. So uh, that was the difference tonight. Was the McDavid goal the turning point in the game in your eyes? The four-on-four goal. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think after we scored and then we took penalty, going four-on-four four was a major. That was the McDavid goal, right? So four-on-four, four, right after we scored. 
can be done to prevent just going to the box at this Pardon? point? What can be done to just sort of stay out of the box at this point? Stay out of the box. <laughs> what do you think of your team's uh, special teams play? Um, well, I haven't looked, but I think they were one for six in the power play, including the four minute that they scored with one second. If you could have got to the next part of it, right? But so uh, we scored a power play goal and gave up a shorthand goal. They were sitting on that from last game, though. Um, you got one one defenseman, four fours out there. They got to execute, or else it's going to be going the other way. And that's what happened. That's two games in a row. Your team has given up four goals in a row. Is that just them taking over? Yeah, it's just you know what, we've we've scored goals early and they've scored goals in between. I don't think it's anybody taking over. It's just as I just think the individual skill sets. We have to do it by committee. Very simple. So uh, short and sweet from uh, Daryl Sutter here tonight, and uh, not unexpected. I think the message is pretty simple about uh, got to stay out of the box. You just can't get into this special teams battle with that team because, as he said, the individual skill set on that side, they, they thrive on those opportunities. Gave them too many here tonight. Yeah, for sure. It was more their plan to, you know, they ramped up their physicality tonight uh, for sure. Uh, to yep. a man, everybody was pushing and shoving and trying to get involved, and that was to try to drag the flames into it a little bit too much emotionally yeah. and you're on that fence and I think Calgary went over just a little bit too much yeah. when you at the end of the day and they give a Calgary a penalty power play late in the game to <laughs> even things up seven to yeah. 10 or 11 minutes but yeah. uh, too little too late um, they were out power played in the second period, and that was a big difference. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, and Daryl pointed specifically to the uh, the penalty that comes just after they make it three one. So you score that power play goal three one, and then that penalty is what ends up uh, being leading to that four on four goal. So um, obviously that'll be a big theme. But bright side in some ways that your PK goes you know five for six. I suppose if you look at thirty percent power play on the other side and. Your PK does a pretty good job here through two games on home ice. Yeah, it's done a great job. So, and they have all year. So, go to Edmonton, be more disciplined, stay physical, ride that line that's going to keep you from taking too many penalties. Yeah. And they had a goal taken away, which would have been a big difference maker if the referee wasn't in the process of blowing the whistle or yeah. I blowed the whistles. That would have been a, a little different there. But, um, yeah. Um, and I think they're getting a little too cute on and that's a saying that you know, I don't yeah. know what cute is but it's too many passes a perfecter play yeah. get the puck in that area in front of the blue blue paint make them work in there and you battle harder than them just a little more direct yeah correct uh just quickly we might hear from McDavid here just in a sec but I was going to ask you about uh, you know when you're talking about you know obviously those being direct plays but simplicity and and just trying to make sure that you're creating traffic too that comes with it right is making sure that you got some some bodies around that blue paint that can help find some of those loose pucks and change and the old saying you shoot the puck and fall your puck to the net yeah. so second level chances the sure. goalie's going to make a save force them to make a save and then those pucks that lay around that blue paint area above the blue paint in home plate or the yeah. whatever you want to call the area in front of the net everyone calls it something different but um make them battle there yeah. you go there and they're going to call penalties on you driving to the net and high sticks and cross checks 
and hookings and yeah. slashing and roughing because you're battling there and they're not. So that's the area. Um, and I mentioned this after game one or before morning of game one yeah. about yeah. the area in front of how big a key it would be in this series and how important they are. And yeah. uh, again, tonight it pays a, plays a big part of the game as well. Yeah, well said. Uh, let's listen in uh, briefly on Connor McDavid here, the uh, captain of the Edmonton Oilers. He uh, has a couple of points in this hockey game, and his team gets the win. Let's listen in on what he had to say. Well, Connor, it was a similar start to game one, but can you talk about your team's willingness to stick with it because there's a couple of no goal calls, some things didn't go your way, but you guys stuck with the game one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we didn't uh, get the start that we wanted. Didn't make it easy on ourselves, but, uh, you know, obviously responded well. Um, yeah. Speaking of responding well, what about your goaltending? They played great. Um, you know, making, uh, you know, just a battler. You know, played uh, played great in there, made some big saves. Makes a big play there to, to Leo to spring him there. So, you know, a little bit of everything from him tonight. Connor, what did you see on, on your disallowed, disallowed, Leon's disallowed goal that you were part of? Can you kind of explain maybe what happened there? Yeah, just trying to take the puck to the net. Um, you know, beat my guy and, and uh, just trying to take the puck to the net, I think. You know, there's. I'm trying to get out of the way. Markstrom's kind of coming out at the same time, so you know, it's uh, it's the same old story. You know, you never really know, but um, you know, they they deemed it uh, deemed it that way, and that's the way it goes. You just extra hungry to kind of get that one back because it sure looked like it. I'm always hungry to 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 make a play, so um, you know, just happy to uh, to give him tribute. Can you just? Transcribe the number of ways in which your team was significantly better on this night compared to game one. Was sort of the, the number of different ways that you guys improved. Yeah, I just thought we battled harder. That was all. Um, it's just uh, you know just work, working, you know being harder in battles, winning some 50-50 pucks. Um, you know we didn't win many in game one, so I thought we did a good job of uh, of that. Obviously we defended better. I thought um, you know still gave up some chances, but uh, Smitty played well and that was yeah. Zach He's, talked about the uh, roller coaster. All right, there's a couple of thoughts from uh, Connor McDavid. Obviously, gives some praise to his goaltender who uh, faces 40 shots here tonight, makes 37 saves. Uh, the goaltender interference, I was just going to bring that up because we are talking, and you heard him and said, obviously, he's, he beats his guy. He's trying to take it to the net. But uh, right call on this one uh, in terms of the goalie interference? Well, the goalie has to be able to make a save, and yeah. he's not able to make the save here and um, can't get over and push back. So McDavid's draped all over him. So yeah, I knew that right away. I was like very confident in that one. It was the yeah. It was the play that the referee was in the corner and he should have been in the back of the net that Toffoli scores. Oh, goal, yeah. The puck's yeah. loose in front. Quick whistle. And he quick whistle like get in position. Yeah. Then you see it. Uh, all right, well, let's hear me. I'm sure Tyler will be asked about it, too, because he's obviously there. He saw the puck the whole time and was able to find it and put it in, but the whistle had already gone. So uh, to Foley, and uh, it'll be uh, Noah Hannafin at the podium now. Let's listen in. Tyler, maybe just to start, what, um, maybe what was the difference tonight, the way you saw it? I think we took too many penalties. I think we uh, got away from our type of game and started playing their game, and um, when that happens, they have guys that – um, can do some of the things that they did, and obviously we didn't do a good job. What is, like, is it the talent they have that can draw teams away from playing the type you guys wanted to? I think since I've been here, we've done a really good job of, of playing our type of hockey, and I think the past two games here, we haven't really um, been playing to our foundation, and um, obviously it's been getting away from us and giving up too many scoring chances, and um, you know, Marky played great tonight and kept us in the game. 
think that is, Tyler, that it's like the biggest time of the year that you're getting away from your foundation? Uh, not really sure. I think that's something that we have to talk about within ourselves. And um, at the end of the day, I've said it before, you know, last series as well, nobody's going to do it. It's, it's only us. And we have to find a way to get back to it and um, play five-on-five -five hockey and um, take over games. The last game, the guys sort of on stage said that they really felt they left Jacob Markstrom out to dry. Um, obviously, people are going to look at him and see sort of 11 goals against, but uh, how, how did he feel he played? Yeah, Mark, he was great for us tonight. I think Toth nailed it. I think we're just, uh, I think we're kind of leaving our foundation a bit and we're playing into their hands. And you know, when you're playing those four on fours and you're short a lot, it's, it's tough. You know, when their top guys can touch the puck and, and feel it a bit. So. We got to clean that up for sure, and, and you know, Marky uh, made some huge saves for us and, and kept us in it. Tyler, you say your team hasn't played to your foundation yet. Is it frustrating that the series is one-one, or are you encouraged that it's one-one, knowing you guys haven't played your brand of hockey yet? No, I mean it's playoff hockey. It's not going to be perfect every single night. Um, you know, things happen within a game, and we have to stay composed and not take penalties, and honestly, just play our type of hockey. And I think if we stay five on five, we're in a good spot. A turning point in the game in your mind? Um, not, not really. I think, uh, I mean, obviously it's tough. You know, we gave them kind of foreign answer goals there to come to come back into the, to the game again, and um, you know that can't happen. I think we just gotta when we do get an early lead like that, we gotta stick to our game. We can't get away from things, and um, you know we want to play five on five hockey against this team. I think when we do that, and especially if we have the lead, you know we'll be we'll be fine. But we just gotta uh, tighten it up a bit. Saw, I saw it was, you know, you allowed four straight goals, but it wasn't like they dominated through that whole period. I guess you were trading chances they just made good on theirs. Yeah, it's, it's just, you know, we're, we're not going to have too much success if we're trying to, you know, trade chances with them. You know, they're an opportunistic team and they have some elite, uh, elite high end skill that can capitalize and they have chances. So we got to, uh, we got to limit that for sure. What, what sort of hallmarks of your guys' game do you feel like aren't there right now? Um, I think the main thing for us is just, you know, trying to keep it five on five. I think when we play five on five, you know, we're having good starts. I think we, we like the, we like our game at five on five. It's just uh, when we start getting into, you know, those situations where it's four on four and stuff, it, it's uh, it's not to our advantage, not our game, and, and, and they have success. Have you guys found the standard of officiating has, has varied, or is it just up to you guys to, to get to whatever level the officiating's at so you are at five on five more? We're not the refs. We're not making the calls. We just have to play hockey. That's what um, our job is, and that's what uh, we get paid to do, just play hockey. We call it the Ram 1500 Limited. But truth be told, there's nothing limited about it. Ram 1500, winner, J.D. Power Award for Best Driver Appeal. All right, Flames postgame live brought to you by your Alberta Ram dealers. Brendan Parker alongside Tim Hunter. 5-3, the Edmonton Oilers win. Tie the series up at uh, one win apiece as the series now shifts to Edmonton uh, coming up this weekend. An earlier start time, by the way, 6 p.m., so uh, everybody can stay awake for that one, no question. Um, we are just talking about those two quick whistles, so I guess it balances out by the end of the night. Each team had a goal called back on a quick whistle, but here's both of them, and maybe just uh, take us through what you're seeing is, you know, I... They're blown dead. There's nothing you can really do about it. Even if it does go in, there's no way you can challenge it. But uh, what do you see on these plays here? Well, you know, that one's hard to tell with a referee. Yeah. And, and 
did have it there momentarily underneath. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. underneath him, and yeah. and his D-man there, or is it? I can't remember. Yeah, that's stolen there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Pushes it in. So I, I could see that. But this one yeah. that comes to the net, it's in his feet. And you see the referee. Yeah. He's not fast enough from the corner to the net. To get behind the net. To right. get behind the net. He's lingering. So the puck goes to the net, and he has lots of time to get there, and he doesn't get there. Yeah, and there the puck's free into fully season, Free the so. whole time. So, yeah, yeah that's, you can't rely on situations like this to win your game or keep you in a game, I sure. guess. Um, um, especially when it goes both ways. But um, I'm sure the referees will get a directive to uh, get to the net quicker. And, uh, like the Flames will. Yeah, exactly, that's right. That's where the, all the action happens, as you said, right in front of the blue paint. Um, you've been watching games up by the uh, in the crowd there. You've been enjoying the uh, Kachuk family too a little bit, right? That's uh, it's been obviously it's been fantastic to watch, and uh, they're celebrating and having some fun up there. But uh, what a great family they are, aren't they? They are, and uh, great history with uh, both Brady and Matthew. Coached against Matthew in the U18 World Championships in Switzerland, and then both of them in the World Juniors. Yeah. And uh, you know, when you're in those tournaments, the families are all there, and Keith's always around. So I always run into Keith and yeah. and have a few laughs about when him and I played against each other. Then my boss Ron Wilson, who I coached with, coached uh, Keith. Oh at, yeah, uh, okay. You know that great '96 team that right. won the World, World Cup, Cup and. Yeah. Uh, that's so right. lots of history and uh, fun to be around them. And I went down to give him a hard time about not throwing his hat on the ice for his son's hat trick. But who comes to a game thinking your son's going to score a hat trick? Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. his favorite hat, favorite hat from his favorite keep... place, Watering Hole in St. Louis. So um, it is him. fun. And, uh, you know, the one thing when you're in the Flames family, it's a big family. Yeah. And I'm sitting beside Jason LaBarra's wife. And, you know, she's on her pins and needles there because it's the goalie coach's wife. You've seen it from a whole different perspective, Yes, but it's fun. And it's great to be involved and great to be at the games. Good stuff. Well, appreciate the time tonight. And obviously, we'll see how she comes back here for Game 5. We know there'll be a Game 5. It's just a matter of what the situation will be when they, they return from a pair in Edmonton. So off we go. Series is on now. Sure is. Tim Hunter there uh, on the Flames Post Game Live, brought to you by your Alberta Ram dealers, Calgary Flames, and Edmonton Oilers, tied at a win apiece. As it's a 5-3 victory here tonight, thanks to two third-period goals for the Edmonton Oilers, the game winner goes to Zach Hyman, shorthanded. So that's the situation we're in as it goes to Game 3 on Sunday. A 6 p.m. start from Rogers Place. We'll have plenty of coverage over the next couple of days. And, of course, we'll be up there in Edmonton to bring you all the action. Thanks for watching Flames Post Game Live. We'll see you back here at the Scotiabank Saddledome for Game Number 5 in uh, just a little under a week's time.